to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If we haven't already met, welcome. My name is Rachel. I am a certified professional dog trainer, and I own and run a good-feeling dog training based in Denver, Colorado. So I coach people and teach them how to train their dogs. So um, thanks for tuning in. I am so looking forward to today's episode. I'm going to talk all about words that I don't use in dog training and why you shouldn't either. Um, But before we jump into today's episode, if you haven't already listened to episode 29, Service Dogs, uh, give it a listen. There's tons of awesome information. Um, Haley shared all kinds of awesome stuff about Service Dogs, so I think it's a really informative episode, so give it a listen. Um, I hope you guys are well, wherever you are. Um, Waylon, Tiva, and I are doing pretty great here in Colorado. Um, Summertime is a pretty fabulous time in Colorado. Um, If you follow us on the gram, you have seen all of our wonderful hiking adventures, um, and I am just reveling in it. I'm so grateful to be able to get up and enjoy the mountains with the dogs as much as I do. Um, Yeah, so... um, I'm really excited. I've got several episodes coming at you in the future um, with lots of fabulous special guests. Um, I'm going to have an episode about puppy socialization. I'm going to have an episode about breed-specific legislation. I'm going to have another episode about agility. And then another new episode about dogs' physical health. Um, So yeah, all kinds of good episodes coming at you guys in the future. If there is something specifically that you'd like to hear me talk about on the podcast, send me a DM over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. I would love to hear uh, from you. Let me know what you want me to talk about on the podcast. Um, And two guys, I'm super excited. Um, I have recently joined, um, it's an online community called Dogly, D-O-G-L-Y. I'll include a link to this in the show notes, but um, I've joined as an advocate and it is an online community where you can get um, training advice and support from me as well as many other positive reinforcement trainers. And you can also get information from all kinds of other qualified professionals in the pet industry. So yeah, give that that a look. Um, It's a pretty great value. So I'm looking forward to being a part of with it. Uh, a part of the community and kind of connecting with you guys in, in that capacity. So uh, let's jump into today's episode, shall we? <laughs> so words that I don't use in dog training. So I'm going to get to some of the specific words I don't use, um, but I want to kind of preface it with why I don't use certain words. Um, You guys have heard me talk about mindset and dog training um, a lot. If you guys haven't listened to the episode, Why Your Mindset Matters in Dog Training, it's a super good one. I will include a link to that in the show notes. Um, But 
I'm very careful about how I think and how I speak about my dogs because I find that if I'm having negative thoughts, I'm speaking negatively about my dog, I'm just getting more of that. And I think that it turns into a super duper slippery slope, right? And I just want to be super cautious of that because I can control those things. I control how I think about my dogs. I control how I speak about my dogs. So I'm really kind of um, embracing that power. So um, there are several uh, labels, we'll call them, that I hear my clients and, you know, friends use about their dogs. And I want you to understand that I'm not trying to like, you know, throw you under the bus. Like, it's okay. We're all guilty of using not so nice phrases in terms about our dogs but ourselves. Um, But it's super important that you recognize it and you start to change the way that you're speaking and the way that you're thinking. So um, a lot of the terms apply to dogs, but this is also applicable to you, right? So you as the dog owner, the dog trainer, the dog professional, um, you definitely also need to be mindful about the words that you use to describe yourself. Okay, so let's start with a couple of um, terms that I, I hear a lot. So the first one is stubborn. The, the trouble with, with using the term stubborn is you are giving your dog malicious intent by being stubborn. And that is not the case, right? Dogs don't operate under the same um, circumstances that we do, right? And I know sometimes it feels on the surface like, oh, my dog knows this, they're being stubborn, that's why they won't do it. But really what's happening is that the reinforcement history for the behavior that you want the dog to do is not strong enough. Criteria is unclear, your dog is unsure. So before you jump to the label stubborn, I think that you should take a step back and look at what you can control, what you can do differently in the training department to get a better outcome. So if you feel like your dog is being stubborn because when you're out on a walk, they'll stop and they'll refuse to keep moving. This is a a really common circumstance with a lot of my clients. Um, And oftentimes, you know, they feel like the dog's just being stubborn because they don't want to go somewhere. And ultimately, that is not what's happening. And honestly, in a lot of cases, it's because a dog is worried, uncomfortable, and unsure. So I like to encourage my clients to first and foremost, take a deep breath. If the dog stops, stop with the dog. Take a second, reevaluate the situation, and look at what you can do to get the outcome that you desire, right? Can you set up the walk differently? Can you go a different route? Can you bring higher value reinforcements? Does the dog need to be seen by a veterinarian? Um, I have a wonderful golden retriever that I work with very regularly. His name is Dempsey. If you follow us on the gram, you're familiar with his sweet face. He's such a good boy. But um, that is a circumstance that I ran into with him, right? We'd be on walks and he would just stop and he wouldn't move. And I, I tried really hard to, you know, not go on walks when it was too hot and not go directions I knew he didn't like. And I had really good treats and still he wouldn't come with me. And you know what I did is I looked down at his paws and he had several goat heads stuck in his paw. <laughs> 
hey there's the answer, right? He wasn't being stubborn. It's because it hurt to move. I removed the goat heads and he was happy to walk with me again. Not all solutions are that easy and straightforward, but that's just one example of how I really easily could have been like, gosh, Dempsey is so stubborn. But that is not what was really happening, okay? So stubborn is not a word that I use to describe my dogs or any dogs that I work with because it is not the truth, okay? Um spiteful is is one I hear a lot. So um, people seem to think that if the dog does something destructive or has an accident in the house, it's because they're pissed at you for doing X, Y, or Z. Um, That is not what's happening. (laughs) I know it feels like that. I know it does, but that is not what is happening. Dogs don't have malicious intent. They just don't roll that way. They live in the moment, in the now, and they do what works. And if they have to go to the bathroom, they go to the bathroom. There's nothing spiteful about it. For them, it's seriously like, I need to go to the bathroom. I've gone to the bathroom. I'm moving on. So, you know, dogs aren't being spiteful. Uh, If your dog destroys stuff while you're gone, um, maybe you were gone too long and maybe they were bored right? It's not being spiteful. It's, you know, seeking access to a reinforcement when you're not there. Um, The term spiteful, I think, kind of leads into another term that I don't use in dog training, and I really don't think you should either, um, the term guilty. There are a lot of videos circulating the internet of, you know, guilt, quote unquote, guilty looks from dogs. Um, Dogs don't experience guilt, Again, that's not what's happening. I know it feels like that sometimes, but that is not what's happening. Dogs aren't guilty about stuff that happened hours and hours previously. What's really happening is that they are responding to the emotional state and the words you're using towards them. They don't know why right? They're just responding to how you're responding to them. So that's another term. I don't use the term guilty. Dogs don't experience guilt. They're not feeling guilt about stuff, okay? And if your dog comes home and you think that they look guilty, it's probably because they're afraid because they're not sure, like, what's up with your behavior. Yeah, so um, dogs aren't guilty, just not the way that it works. Um. So dominance, the word dominant to describe dogs, I'm not saying that it's not applicable in in some circumstances, but 95% of the time when I hear dog owners throw around the term dominant, it is not actually true or indicative of the dog actually being dominant. Like I mentioned earlier, dogs' motivation is access to reinforcements, right? Reinforcements can be tons and tons of stuff, food, attention, access, um, and dogs do what works, right? So if the dog wants something, they're going to figure out a way to get it, and they're not being dominant. They're actually just being intelligent and using trial and error learning, Um, In the context of, you know, dog-dog interactions, I think that the word dominance can 
be applied in certain circumstances but it's not this like catch-all term that like if your dog is doing anything bad fill in the blank that they're just being dominant and you know I know that pop culture has not been very good in you know spreading such a great message um Caesar Milan comes to mind um if you guys aren't already familiar um I am not a fan of Caesar Milan I think that he uses punitive techniques that are not based in science and I think he endangers the quality of dogs and people's lives alike okay so I know it's kind of trendy to like use the word dominance in dog training but 90 5% of the time, that's not what's happening. Your dog is not being dominant, okay? So that's another word that I'm not going to say I don't use it, but I very, very rarely use it to describe dogs, okay? Um, hard-headed. I think that if you have a, a bully breed, you probably are familiar with this term. And, you know, it's, it's kind of along the same lines as stubborn, but I don't use it. Because it, it, again, it implies that the dog is blatantly not responding to what I want. And like we talked about before, that is very rarely the case. You need to make responding to you reinforcing and clear from their perspective. And if you don't do that, they're not hard-headed. You're just not doing a very good job at clearly communicating what you want. And this is something we all experience, right? Whether you're a dog owner, a dog professional, a dog trainer, you name it. We all experience this, but it's up to you to evaluate the situation and change criteria and change your training plan so that you can get a better outcome. Yeah, I hope that that makes sense. So again, hard-headed, another one that I don't use. So, you know, another phrase that I often hear is the dog is doing X, Y, or Z because they are a fill-in-the-blank breed. I'm not saying that dogs, specific breeds, don't have, you know, behaviors that you would see typically in a dog. But I think that it's dangerous to always just classify like, oh, he's like that because he's a border collie or he's like that because he's a pit bull. Um, I want to look at the specific dog, the specific scenario and the specific behavior, because that's going to be much more productive in changing behavior and getting the outcome that you want than just chalking it up to you can't change the behavior because they're a certain breed. Right. And I, I feel like it's easy to get defeated as the human when you use some of these terms because it kind of gives you an excuse and it puts blame on the dog. And I don't ever want to blame the dog. I really don't, because ultimately we are the dog's caretakers and we are responsible for their well-being. So ultimately, if it's anyone's fault, it's our own. I know it's kind of hard to hear. You know, and honestly, there was a time where I was living in a world where it was the dog's fault and I wasn't taking responsibility. But I tell you what, the moment that I decided to take responsibility for behaviors in my dog that I was misusing labels for, things really transformed and it empowered me to change their behavior and no longer need those labels. Yeah, Um like I said, these labels apply to dogs, but I want you to be cautious about labels you use for yourself too. You need to be kind and compassionate with your dog 
and yourself. So try to avoid using terms like I'm not coordinated, um, I'm slow, I'm, I'm dumb, I can't get this. You know, that's not going to help you be better. That's only going to make you feel worse and discourage you from changing and learning. So be super cautious about that stuff. Um, another reason why I don't use um, the, you know, aforementioned terms, words, labels, phrases is because that often leads towards a path of um, punitive training techniques. And, you know, there are a lot of trainers in this world that are still using um aversive-based training techniques, shock collars, also known as e-collars, pinch collars, you know, hitting, yelling at dogs, and they will make you believe that your dog deserves those training techniques and that there's no other way. Um, I see this a lot with dogs who can act aggressively. Um, The trainer makes you believe that you have an aggressive dog and the only way to change their behavior because they are malicious monsters is to use punitive techniques. Um, I'm here to let you know that that is total bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. You do not need punitive training techniques in dog training ever, no matter the behavior problem. Bite history, biting people, dog aggression, killing other animals. Using punitive techniques is not going to yield the result that positive reinforcement could. And it's a much gentler and kinder way. So, you know, it matters because if you think you have a stubborn dog and you talk to a dog trainer and they tell you you need a shock collar for your stubborn dog, you're going to believe them. So it's up to you. You have to advocate for your dog and you have to be really, really cautious about the words you are using to describe your dog. Okay, so um, I, I hate, it's not my favorite to focus on things you shouldn't do, but I felt like this really needed some airtime, right? And I think that it's important to focus on um, things that you can change, okay? And looking at these behaviors and, you know, these labels in a different light. And remember that dogs are not malicious creatures, They operate in a pretty simplistic way. Dogs do what works. If it works, they'll do it again. And, you know, I understand that, you know, some behavior problems, especially like aggressive behavior and stuff like that, it feels really, really overwhelming. But that is what we're here for. Us positive reinforcement trainers, we're here. This is what we've worked our whole career to do is share our knowledge with you, improve your life, improve your dog's life, and change their behavior for the better. So yeah, guys, that that's my two cents on words that I don't use in dog training and why I don't think you should either. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, If you like this podcast, please click the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you like this podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can just scroll down. There's a little purple pencil emoji. Click write a review. You can click five stars and let me know what you think about this episode. Um, I am so looking forward to sharing 
sharing future episodes with you guys. Um, Have a beautiful weekend and give those puppies some smooches from me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.